Hello, everybody. My name is Alicia Renice, and I am a perpetually exhausted Black woman. And this is not something I'm proud of. This is not something I'm celebrating. This is something that has to change. And I took a journey starting last year where I decided that I'm no longer going to be exhausted. I'm not opting in to be exhausted. And so this journey has been an interesting ride. Um, it's been insightful. It's been scary. Um, but I'm grateful for everything that I've learned so far on this journey. And so I want to share with you what I've learned so far, um, the questions I have for myself and some questions I have for you, because I think black women need more rest. Shout out to Trisha Hersey from the Nat Ministry. She wrote a book recently called Rest is Resistance. It has changed my life. Not only was this book a permission slip, but also it confirmed a lot of the questions and the concerns that I had as a black woman you know, about exhaustion and working and overworking and, and hustling and grinding. If you're new here, welcome. <laughs> My name is Alicia. I am a multi-passionate artist. I'm glad that you're here. I inspire black women to love themselves and to create their best work authentically, lovingly, honestly, and to follow their dreams and their passions. Um, a few years ago, I made a video called um, Hustle Culture is Not for Black Women. And I'm really proud of that video. It was me questioning the system, questioning what we consider to be normal, because I don't think any of this is normal. None of this is normal. Being exhausted is not normal. And, you know, when I started questioning things, I decided to use my YouTube as an open diary, right? Using my YouTube channel to question the things, get some feedback from other people, because I can't be alone, right? I can't be alone in how I feel, what I believe, what I'm experiencing, you know what I mean? And a lot of black women showed up and black men, a lot of black men as well were like, yo, this is crazy, actually. So, yeah, so I thought being exhausted was normal. Growing up, I thought it was normal. But now, as a 33-year-old woman, I no longer desire to be overworked, to overachieve, nor do I desire to be exhausted. So, um, dealing with exhaustion, though, I had to get to the root. A lot of times when we're tired, we try to treat the symptoms, right? We drink coffee, we take naps, and nothing is wrong with these things by themselves, right? We take five-hour energy. Now, I would say that something is wrong with that because I don't think it's healthy. <laughs> but um, yeah, we take monster energy, energy drinks and all these things to treat the symptoms of our exhaustion, but never really questioning the root of it, right? We can take all the caffeine pills we want. We can nap all we want to. We can even vacation all we want to. But if we're really not dealing with the heart of the issue, then nothing is going to be fixed, nor is it going to be solved. So for myself, that's where I started. Because exhaustion is just a symptom. Being tired is just a symptom. It's not the thing. It's a symptom of the thing. And so yeah, so I'm trying to focus on actually figuring out the cause, the root so I can uproot it and remove it out of my life. When I went back, I had to go, I was like, okay, where did this start? Where did the idea of being exhausted, being a badge of honor start? And it started in childhood. Um, when I was in high school, I was a principal honor student. I made 4.13s. I played sports every season. I was MVP of those sports, a lot of seasons. Um, I had a job. You know, I was volunteering. I was active in my church. I was active in choir and newspaper. I was the editor in chief. I was doing so much. And at the time, I was very proud of it. My parents were very proud of me. My mom was very proud of me. And, you know, my community was proud of me because they saw me going for it. Like I was doing the thing, right? But then there were days where I was struggling with depression. And back then, I didn't really have the language for it, but I was really depressed. A lot of things were going on. I'm in my personal life, in my home life, 
And I realized that I was also using those things to cope. I was running away from the problems, but also I needed a job. I needed money. Dues were coming up as a senior. And I realized I didn't have anybody else to depend on but myself, you know, so I had to get the thing done. And I wanted to help out my mom. My parents were going through a separation at the time, and that was heavy. Um, but I was taking on all of this responsibility, and I thought that this was normal. Like, no one came in and said, hey, girl, you're doing a lot. If anything, I was celebrated for it and told to do more, right? And then trying to get a scholarship going to college, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, look at all the things I've done. And it's crazy because even when I applied for the school that I went to, I went to Towson University in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, even when I applied to that school, they still told me that I wasn't enough. So stick a pin there, right? They told me I wasn't enough. My grades weren't enough. My extracurriculars weren't enough. And I'm like, well, geez, what more can I do? I have a job. I'm playing sports. I am the head of all these different organizations that I'm a part of. Like, what more can I do? And so I was looking for more things to fill, you know, my schedule so that I can look like a well-rounded student or whatever the heck they look for as a recruiter. But now looking back, I realize that they played me. <laughs> they try to, like the world does, play black women to make them seem like, to make them feel like they should be grateful for the opportunity. If I knew what I know now, I would have demanded scholarships. I would have asked to see like the, the, the kind of people that come to their school because I really feel like they were dead set on giving me the short end of the stick. And so these kind of things taught me to overperform. This idea of doing twice as much to get half as far really played out in my life in that season. But even if I go further be before that, right, as a child, even when I was sick, I would still have to go to school. I remember one time I threw up before catching my bus and I was really, really sick. And my mother told me that I had to go because she wanted me to get, um, what is it called? Attendance, perfect attendance. There's an award that you get in elementary school for having perfect attendance, blah, blah, blah. And I even have thoughts about that because why? <laughs> why are we celebrating children for showing up every single day when life happens? We're teaching them that what's more important, and here I go on a tangent, but what's more important is being there all the time, even if you're sick or hurt or frustrated or depressed and showing up anyway and ignoring your own needs. But again, let me go back. So she wanted me to get perfect attendance. And so I threw up that morning. I went to school and worked the whole day. I also remember in high school, I had the flu. I think this may have been the first time I ever caught the flu. It kicked my behind. I was on swim team and I thought I caught a bug from like the water. Like maybe I didn't dry my hair enough, but no, I had the flu. So I went to school with all intentions to go to swim practice, to work through it. But flu kicked my behind. And I really think that if it wasn't as bad as it was, I still would have showed up to practice, which would have been gross, <laughs> but also would have been self-abuse. Right. But these things were celebrated. Right. Like, oh, you're so dedicated. Oh, you know, you overcome odds and you show up. Right. This theme, this recurring theme of black women being superhuman was rearing its head in my life and it was planting seeds that I had to, you know, rip out and unroot or deroot, whatever the word is, that I had to take out of my heart because none of that should have been celebrated in the first place. None of it. I asked why. Why did I do too much? The first reason is because it was celebrated by the adults in my life, right? And I also was watching my mother being overworked and my mother like going all in and making up for what my father did not do. At the time, she was a single parent. She's, I mean, she technically still is, but she was a single parent doing everything, right? M taking us places, taking us shopping, paying for things. like. And so I got a job to help. Um, but I started taking on those same traits. So I was reflecting what I saw. Like I was 
you know, doing what I saw my mom doing because I thought that was normal. Like, this is what adults do. But another reason is because I was a people pleaser. Now, I've talked about people pleasing a lot here because I'm trying to overcome it. But I was afraid to tell people no. I really didn't want to disappoint people. And the fear of disappointing people was way bigger than the fear of harming myself, the fear of exhausting myself, right? And so even if I didn't want to do the thing, I still said yes. And I would do it with a smile, right? And I and even mm, I feel like even in my Christian walk, like back at my church, it was celebrated to do things for people, even when you didn't have the capacity for it. I went to a very small church, which means that it was all in all hands on deck situation. Um, there was no room for no one to do anything. You know what I mean? So I learned pretty early that my feelings didn't matter. Me being tired didn't matter. We all have those experiences, or I hope you don't, but I do have those experiences of waking up in the morning and you just have to get up. You're afraid of being, you know, uh, looked at as lazy, right? You're afraid of, you know, not being uh, busy enough, not being taken with something. You're going to get in trouble for just sitting around or sleeping in. Where does that come from? Where do we learn that? Yeah. So, and also, like I said, my home life wasn't that great. I was running from a lot of horrible things at home. Uh, My father was not the nicest person, uh, you know, paraphrased, but, um, you know, he was he was pretty abusive verbally, physically, and I didn't want to be around that. Um, So I worked. I played sports. I needed an outlet. I, I didn't want to come home, you know. And obviously it was the early 2000s, so there weren't the same resources nor the same knowledge that we have today. But I needed counseling. I needed therapy. Um, But we also didn't have the resources for that. So there's that, you know. Um, So, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of things, a lot of things. But overall, I think the real Big reason why is because I thought this is what you had to do to be loved. You had to overdo and overachieve and overcommit, right? Get four hours of sleep. I remember one summer in high school, I was like 16. I had three jobs. I had three jobs, three, three. And I was tired and I was taking energy drinks. And I realized then that I hated them because it made my heart like palpitate. Um, It just wasn't a healthy situation. And so I was overworked. But this was being celebrated. You're so responsible, right? Like, and black women, when are we celebrated? When we're being responsible. When really, we're being exploited. That's the truth. It's not really about being responsible more than it is about being exploited, used, and abused because the world sees us as its workhorses, right? The world sees us as something to be used, as something to be worked. The world doesn't see us as people. This is why I have issues with black excellence and black girl magic and all this other stuff, because it ignores the fact that a lot of this stuff is rooted in feeling either insecure or inferior or not enough or proving something to somebody. Right. A lot of it is rooted in being celebrated for being abused, being celebrated for being overworked. And so I see that now. I couldn't see that back then, obviously. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, But, yeah, like these were the roots like this is where that stuff came from. And so, yeah, I'm really tired, but it's like, girl, like, we're not allowed to rest. <laughs> so I overworked and nothing was ever enough. Like, I realized very quickly that nothing I did was ever enough. Like trying to get into Towson. They told me that it wasn't enough. You're not doing enough activities. It's like, I'm doing 10. What do you want from me? You know, or getting into the school and working with the professors and them trying to find any fault with something that's wrong with me or or me not wanting to take on six courses a semester because I'm tired, but I did it anyway, because that's what you're supposed to do. And I was exhausted and nothing I did felt like it was enough. And so that spent me, that sent me spiraling into a depression because I felt like I felt like I wasn't enough that not only were my works not enough, but me inherently, I had no value. 
my teachers would disparage me. I had one teacher who really was racist and it's been confirmed by other um, professors, Um, but she had it out for me. She hated me like and she would do anything within her power to make me feel this big. Right. And so I kept coming up against the wall. She was a white woman. So I kept coming up against the wall and realizing very quickly at this PWI or predominantly white institution that me being a black woman already puts me below everybody else. See, I went to school in PG County and I don't know if anybody is from the DMV area, but PG County is a very black county. Right. Black Like you see black people in blue collar jobs, white collar jobs, you know, and everything in between. Like you see black people everywhere. But when I went to school, I realized that my blackness, my black womanness, right, discredited me in the eyes of other people. They already had it out for me. Like I was already having to prove myself. And again, I didn't have the language. But looking back, I see it clear as day. I was auditioning my entire college career. And that gets exhausting. You're auditioning for for parts they don't give you. I had a, for example, I had a resume for this class that I was taking. And the guest person, guest presenter came in and said that I was one of the best people, right, for the job. They were willing to offer me a job on the spot. But my teacher told me that I still wasn't enough. That what I had to offer, even though it's been, you know, supported by your guest that you invited here, it still wasn't enough. And at that moment, I realized, you know what? Nothing I do is ever going to be enough. So why even try? Why try? But I still did try. <laughs> I still tried. Surprise. Because I'm like, no, like maybe this isn't it for me. Maybe I am a horrible student. Maybe I do need to do more. But girl, I was doing everything. I was struggling with depression. I was working a job. I was in school full time. Like I was also a part of like extracurricular activities. I was in ministry. Like I was doing all this stuff because I thought that all these things made me valuable. Me getting good grades in college. Who cares about that now, right? Me overworking at a job like that was that was paying me pennies. I had three jobs in college. Wow. I actually had more than that. I worked at IHOP, Target. I worked on campus. I worked at McDonald's. Like I was desperate like for anything because I was so broke. And yet, and I was like, no, but I can't, you know, if anything had to go, it couldn't be school because then I'd be a failure. And I can't be a failure. But again, that question is like, a failure to who? In whose eyes? But that's another conversation for another day. Yes. So I did not honor myself in college. I overworked. I, I was abused in, by racist teachers and teachers who had ego issues, who, need, who needed me to feel small, like, which was really weird for me. right? And no matter what I did, I couldn't win. And I realized quickly it was a rigged game. It was a rigged game set against me. And what I also learned is there's no grace for black women. The world does not have grace for black women, sadly. And by grace, even saying that, it kind of means that, oh, you're doing something wrong. But yeah, sure. If a black woman does something wrong, there is no grace for her. But even if she does everything right, the world will still try to pinpoint something she's doing wrong. This is why you're not enough. Or if she's doing something right, it can't be right unless it's benefiting other people. It can never just be for herself, right? Or for her people. It has to be for the world. Because how dare you gatekeep your culture? How dare you keep gatekeep your language or your tongue or your music? Whatever you have to offer, your brilliance. How dare you? If it's not marketable, then they don't honor it or see it as valuable. That's what I learned. The country expects black women to be the work her- workhorses of this country. Whenever a black woman is celebrated, think about this. Whenever a black woman is celebrated, it's always, oh, you know, she went above and beyond for me. She did for me, for me, for me right? She gave her life. Like she was dedicated. She was brilliant. She was extraordinary. These are the black women we celebrate in history. It's never about this woman chose joy. 
And I love that. She was funny, right? She had deep conviction. She stood 10 toes down. She was a woman of integrity. Like, no, it's, it's always us overcoming the odds, defeating foes, right? Us making it to the finish line within an, with, within an inch of our lives. Like, that's the Black women that are celebrated here. And I was making myself a martyr because I'm like, oh, well, you know, one, I had the toxic Christianity on one side, like telling me, hey, you got to give yourself unto death for people. Not true. But then on the other side, I had this deep well that was empty and didn't feel like she was enough, right? Trying to earn her enoughness and nothing I did could ever, like the water did not move. Like if this is a well, I kept pouring into an empty hole. It was bottomless because in this country, it's bottomless. There is no bottom. There is no enough. Like there is no coming up unless you choose it for yourself. No one is going to give you permission. You have to choose it for yourself. So yeah, so that's why... I've had issues with black girl magic, black excellence, all those different things. And black women are just exhausted. They're just exhausted. And then you get there. And then what do you get in return? Pennies, pennies, a hand clap. Right. And then we're moving on to the next thing. What are you going to do next? You got to go bigger this time. You know, like there's no end. There is no end to this overachieving, you know. And like I said, it's never about joy or health or well-being, but exhaustion, exploitation, overcoming the odds, right? And a lot of black women, and I found this out from a poet, um, and when she said this, it really resonated with me. And she said, black women are hardly celebrated. And when they are, it's usually after they pass, after they die. And I was like, yo, that's true. <laughs> we don't celebrate big mom until big mama dies. And we realize, oh, big mama's not here to cook us food no more or give us what we need anymore, right? Like it's never about honoring her while she's still alive. It's demanding more of her. Like no matter what black women do, the world just demands more of her. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like the celebration of our excellence makes people think that we are superhuman, that we're superheroes. But no, we have feelings. And you know what I'm saying? Like, we're tired too. We're exhausted too. We feel pain too. And this is reflected, like this idea of Black excellence and Black girl magic and all these things that were created to be beneficial, right, that have now become harmful, because now we go into saying giving birth and doctors don't believe us when we say we're in pain. You're a black woman. You can handle it. Right. Like it's that same energy. These are these are two different sides of the same coin. Or uh, the same cube because it shows up in different ways. But yes, this idea of being superhuman really worked against me. But I was trying my hardest to be trying my hardest to be. And what I also learned is I can't ask for permission. I got to take it for myself. Ain't nobody going to give me no permission to be myself, to love myself to heal myself, to rest. No one. I have to take that for myself. No one is going to give it to me willingly. I got to fight for it. You feel me? And really, it's really not even fighting. It's more just like releasing and like, okay, allowing, allowing, sitting back. You know what I'm saying? Like, it really is just like, I'm no longer fighting with you. I'm going to release it because I'm tired and I'm tired of getting whiplash. Because one, one day you say that I'm enough. The next, the next day you say I'm not. You know, it's one day you say I'm beautiful. The next day you say I'm not. Like there is no winning for black women unless you choose to be a winner yourself. Unless you choose to not play the game at all. This game is rigged. If you're talking about desirability, excellence, education, money, there is no end. There is no end. But what is revolutionary is you having grace with yourself you having grace with yourself and allowing you to be a, f a full human being with feelings, emotions, and yes, people who are exhausted, right? 
So yeah, so being exhausted is not normal. I want to reiterate that. Being exhausted is not normal. It is not a badge of honor. It is not to be celebrated. It is something to be cautioned. Like it's a caution. Like just like how you get those warning signs on your car, you being tired is that same warning sign because you're on your way to death. And I'm. this is no hyperbole, no hyperbole. This is later on in my notes, but I want to share this with y'all. So the, the things that exhaustion cause, heart disease, stroke, depression, diabetes, kidney disease, right? A lower quality of life, weight gain. There's so many things that come with being exhausted. When you're resting, your mind, body, spirit, your soul has time to recuperate. It has time to replenish itself from all the things you, you've given away during the day, right? When you don't rest, you're overworking yourself. In the garden, we talked about the land and talked about taking a break because we've been taught that we're supposed to be always on, always on, always doing, always creating, always marketing, always making more, always overcoming. But what happens when you do that with the land, right? We can learn, learn a lot from nature. When that happens with the land, it depletes the land of all its nutrients, all the things that make food food, right? And so now the food we eat in this country is like bland, it's paper, because the soil has been ripped, has been stolen, right? I want to use a different word, but I'm not going to because you YouTube, but it has been violated. The land has been violated and it's been taken, like it's taken all of its resources, all the, all the things that the earth gives us, no one has given back to the earth. And so the food we eat is trash. Our bodies are the same. If you're a believer, you believe that you came from the earth anyway, right? A lot of origin stories start with coming from the earth, right? And this idea that we're supposed to be always on is a tool of white supremacy. It just is. It just is, right? Like this idea of like always working, your worth being tied to the work that you do, right? That's, that's fruit, again, of slavery, our enslaved peoples were literally measured, their worth was measured by how much work, how much they benefit, how much work they did and how much they benefited other people, never about themselves, right? And so in this country, it's the same thing. It's just a different, it's a different year, same thing. Different year, same thing. Yes, so just want to share that with you that your health is way more important than any, any other thing, any other thing. So a few questions that I asked myself, I want to ask you as well. The first question is, what things are exhausting me? And this is going to take some time because there can be surface level things, right, that stick out to you. Oh, going to work or, you know, babysitting or being in relationship with this person. But I would ask you to go a little deeper. Why? Why does this thing exhaust you? And then go deeper than that. Why? Why? Ask why like 10 times. Ask why like 10 times. For myself, what exhausts me? Sometimes doing YouTube videos exhausted me, right? And I asked why. Because I wasn't being authentic to myself. I was auditioning again. Hey guys, do you like me? I hope you like the video, right? Like auditioning for people's approval is exhausting to me. Why? Another level. Because it reinforces this idea that I'm not enough. That I can't love myself unless other people love me too, right? Why? Like where did I learn that from? Oh wow. Back in elementary school. <laughs> Because we were celebrated for being overworked, right? So you want to ask yourself these questions and be honest with the answers that come up. You're not judging yourself. You're going to have grace with yourself. And many things may come up and it might take some time. It might take some time. And what you think is the answer, you might have something underneath of that too, 
right? Because at the core of it, of that example that I offered is that I didn't feel like I was enough. I didn't love myself. I was begging for someone to love me, to see me, to honor me, to value me because I didn't do those things myself. And so the issue was not about overworking, right? The issue is learning how to love myself as I am, how to appreciate myself as I am, how to see myself as enough today. That was the issue, you know? And so um, some further questions for the same question is, what makes you tired? What do you roll your eyes about when you have to do it? What do you go like, oh, again, what is that thing? And why? And ask why like 10 times. What feels like a chore? What feels like a weight? Does it feel heavy? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are those things? And there you'll find your answer. And be honest. Be honest. I don't want to say brutally honest because I don't think you have to be brutal to be honest. But I would say be amazingly honest. Be gracefully honest, right? Like, be honest. The next question I have and I ask myself is, what things can I control? So great. We've made a list about all the things that exhaust us, right? But what part of that do I have control over, right? And usually it's just stuff that, that pertains to myself, to myself. What do I have control over and what can I change? Not begging other people to see me as worthy, but seeing myself as worthy, right? Like, what do I have power over? I would say, can you renegotiate some commitments? Like, maybe you can renegotiate the hours at your job or the commitments to other people. Like, can you figure something out? Maybe you don't have to go in every single day. Maybe you can ask to work remote some days, right? Like, renegotiating. Can you reschedule or delay? Because not everything is urgent. I know we live in a world that's like, we got to do this and now and today in this moment. Everything is not urgent. Everything is not even important. It's not. We just think it is. Will the world end if we put this thing down, if we, if we pause or delay it? Probably not. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. You're probably going to be fine. The next one is, can you get rid of it? What is unnecessary in your life? What is just extra? What is fluff? What are the things that you're doing that really adds no value to what you're trying to do? Right? There's this rule, like the 80-20 rule, and it's like 20% of what you do gets you 80% of the results. Can you double down on that 20? That's what I'm doing. Even in my own business, in my content, in my music, in my creativity. Because doing all the extra stuff, post it on YouTube, then Instagram, and then Twitter, and then Facebook, and it's just too much. What is necessary? And what isn't, I put down. And I say, you know what? That's cool, but I don't, I don't necessarily need, need to do all that, right? Can you take your foot off the gas? Can you slow down? Maybe you've created these imaginary deadlines for yourselves. I have to do this thing by this date. Do you? Do you? Can you do less? I really believe that if you do less, you do more. And the reason why I say that is because when you're doing less, you're able to focus on something very specifically and put all of your attention on one thing. Instead of having it, you know, distributed around 10 things, like on 10 things, if you focus out on one thing, you get to grow that thing and you get to take your time. You don't have to rush. You don't have to do everything today. Lord willing, you will have many more years to live, right? And those years will be able to do more things, but everything is not urgent and you don't have to do it today take the easy way out like we said there's nothing wrong with easy easy is not a bad word it's not a cuss word take the easy way out I promise you if you do things the easier way you'll show up more often you'll be more committed you'll be happier and what you do will be something that is uh, nutrient dense like we talk about that soil when you do stuff with joy your heart isn't it you're passionate about it right and people can feel it it's contagious it's more impactful so yeah, take your time and take the easy way out. And you, the one thing you cannot control is other people's reactions. You can't. 
when I decided that I would take my time with my degree, it took me nine years to graduate. Um, and some people were disappointed in me. And that made me feel really bad. But looking back, I'm like, I can't control that. And at the end of the day, that's not my business. What is my business is me trying to be happy, is me trying to live a life that is authentic, that is in alignment with who I am, a life of no compromise, right? Like that's that's what I have control over. I can't control that people think I'm a failure or whatever. And usually that's a projection from them onto me. Usually what they say that about me, they feel those, that same way about themselves. They feel like a failure. They feel like what they're doing is not enough, right? Or they feel mad because I'm choosing not to do as much. And they're like, you can't choose to do that because I can't. Well, yes, you can. Come join me, right? Like, that's the idea. You can't control what people are going to say, but you can control how you respond to it. And you can control taking uh, the reins in your own life. You can. Above all, you got to give yourself permission to rest, right? When I first chose rest, I felt guilty, I felt like I wasn't enough. I felt like I was lazy. I felt like I was a failure. I felt like God was displeased with me, right? And I really had to do a lot of interrogating those feelings, but also unlearning those feelings, unlearning those feelings. Who gets to determine if I'm a failure or not? Me. Who gets to determine if I'm lazy or not? Me, right? Like I am not you, you are not me. And so our capacities are different. Right. Our definitions of things are different, but also you're not lazy. I have a whole song about it. You're not lazy. You're just tired. People are exhausted and you think that you're exhaustion. That means that there's something wrong with you. And no, what's wrong is that we're not honoring that tired. We're not honoring that sleepy or that exhausted. That's the issue. Your body is doing what it's supposed to do, taking care of you. But are you taking care of it? That's the question. You're not lazy. You're just tired. <laughs> you're tired. And I would be tired, too. There's, we're, we're so overstimulated. We're so overcommitted. We're always doing too much. Like there's no room for pause or for play or for fun or for creativity or leisure or romance, right? Like, and that romance doesn't have to be like romantic relationships. It could just be romancing your life. Like life is so juicy, right? And we're always in a rush. We're always so tight. And so like, you know, we're gripping things so hard and it's like, maybe we should stretch, Here's my hula hoop, <laughs> just making noise. But yeah, maybe you need to stretch, right? So I felt panicked. I felt like, what will I do now? Who am I now? If I'm not doing this, who am I? I'm still me. At the end of the day, I'm still me and nothing or no one, no one can take that away from me because I know who I am. God knows who I am. God knows who I am. And those feelings, if you experience those feelings, like I'm not allowed to rest. Oh no, who am I going to be? It's normal. It's okay. Don't panic. Calm down, right? Like, it's a process. It's a process. Getting here has been a process. It's been one that has taken time, honesty, commitment, falling on my face and getting up again, you know, interrogating my own self, my own thoughts, my own beliefs. It takes time. So be generous with yourself and take time with yourself. Yes. So I had to keep pouring into myself, reading scripture, getting around folks who love and care about me, right? And there's a scripture, I wish I brought it over here, but it's in the, it's in the Bible, I promise. <laughs> and I'm paraphrasing, but it's in Psalm. And it basically says, in vain, you rise early and stay up late, working for the, working for the bread of toil, right? Toiling for, laboring and toiling for bread, right? But God grants his children rest. And when I read that, I'm like, yo, that's me. I'm desperately like grabbing at straws, trying to earn my worth and my value. And it's in vain, 
because I'm already worthy. And if I trusted that, then I would know. And that gets me to my next point. I realized that at the end of it all, the issue was trust, was trust. The reason why I couldn't rest is because I didn't trust. I didn't trust God. I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust the timing of my life. I didn't trust that I was enough. None of it. Like, I didn't trust. I didn't trust. And because I didn't have trust, I was scared. And I'm doing all this stuff, right? I'm doing all these things, trying to secure myself, trying to find security. But I found that even searching in those things, there was no security. It was just all insecurity, all of it. From applying to, to applying to college, jobs, school, all of it was insecure. But I had to make the choice and I had to, the decision, but also the work. I had to do the work to finally be secure with myself. Ultimately securing God, but also secure within myself, right? That no matter how much money I have, how many followers I have, if people know my name or not, right? No matter who determines if I'm, no matter who thinks I'm successful or not, I am still worthy inherently. I came in this world worthy. Ain't nobody give me no worth, right? Like these people who are criticizing and judging, they weren't there. They, the only people who were there were my parents and the doctors, right? And God and me, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I have worth even beyond what my parents think about me. I am worthy even beyond what I think of me because that's a hard thing too. Like realizing that sometimes I've been my own saboteur. I have been my own worst enemy. I have been my own slave driver, right? I've been enslaved to my own ego and my own um, insecurities and my own fears, my own desperation. Like, it's been me too. It's been me too. And I'm doing the work of unlearning this. It's taken me time, like I said, and it's going to take you some time. But what is exhausting you? What is at the root of your exhaustion? Because the exhaustion is just a symptom, it's just a symptom for the real thing. And I would ask you, take some time, take a week, take a month, journal about it, chew on it, pray about it, whatever you do. Just try to get to the root so that we can uproot it, so we can get it out of here, so we can deal with it, honor it, see it, bring it to light. The only way to deal with the thing is to bring the thing to light. It's not to run from it. I've tried it. It's not to overwork work for it. I've tried that too. It's not to hide from it. I've tried that too. And it don't work. The only thing, and sometimes those conversations are so hard and painful and I cry and I weep and I feel and I'm angry and I feel abandoned and I feel like all these unhappy feelings, right? All these feelings that we try to avoid, but those feelings are necessary because if you don't deal with it, it's just going to keep eating you and consuming you and you're just going to treat, keep treating the symptom. But exhaustion is just one symptom, of those things, of not feeling enough, of feeling inadequate, right? Exhaustion is just one symptom. It's also showing up in different ways too. The competitive nature we have, uh, our pride, feeling ugly, feeling not enough. Like there's so many different ways that these things rear its head, but the root, the root, we got to get to the root. So I invite you. You could take naps all you want to, but if your heart is off like mine was, right, it's not going to change anything. If you're not doing the mind work, it's not going to change anything. Start questioning everything. That's how I started my channel, questioning everything. Question, why? Why do I think like that? Why is this the standard? Why are we doing this? Why do we believe this? Where did this come from? Who does this benefit? Who does it serve, right? That's how I started my journey of healing, of resting, of all the things in between. And also with the liberation work of so many other black women. And I need to make a separate video um, for all the black women out there who inspire me and encourage me 
all the liberation workers, like again, like Trisha Hersey, right? But there's so many more. There's so many more people that I want to honor because they have been so like important to my journey. Their work, their honesty, their vulnerability. And I'm hoping that this video, that this this podcast, this audio, however you're consuming this, that this helps you to start questioning things yourself. Ask yourself why. And ask yourself why you don't think you're worthy enough to rest. Why you feel like you have to earn your rest. Why you feel like you got to earn approval. You got to overwork. Why do you feel like you have to be exploited? Why? Start there. I love you. I see you. Make sure you love you above all. People are fickle. People will go back and forth. Don't go back and forth about yourself. If there's one, one person you need to love is yourself. And that will radiate everywhere else. But first, start here. Start here. So you're not out chasing the wind. Because your worth is not out there. It's here. It's here. You're already worthy. You're already enough. So this video was actually inspired by a journey I took last year. Um, where I didn't work for two weeks and that was like mind-blowing for me. Um, And so I'll share that video with you here. And until next video, y'all, keep resting. I love you. I see you. And I'll talk to y'all in the next one.